the biggest stories from the pages of the London Free Press and LFPress.com. This is the London Free Press Podcast with your host, Rachel Gilbert. An instance of swatting here in London last month has turned into a very high profile and complex case with a number of investigations that have been ongoing. Uh, The victim in this case is a trans activist and she's now fled the country and police have now drafted a new policy to deal with searching and detaining trans suspects. So this is a complicated story with lots to it. We're going to talk with London Free Press reporter Dale Carruthers today to break it down for us. Hi, Dale. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm good. Um, so let's let's first just talk about the victim, Clara Sorrenti. Um, tell me who she is. Who is she? Because she is pretty high profile, especially especially online and in the gaming community. Yeah, Clara Sorrenti um, is a London-based transgender activist, and she really shot to internet fame um, in recent months when she started talking about transgender issues in the United States on Twitch, which is a live streaming platform and Twitter. Um, She has a combined 200,000 plus followers on those two platforms. And she's courted a lot of controversy um, with some of her takes on these issues. Um, And in the process has uh, made a lot of enemies online, frankly. And that kind of came home on August 6th when police showed up at her house after emails falsely sent her name were sent to city councilors threatening to go on a shooting spree at city hall. Um, so police took that threat very seriously and they sent the emergency response unit, uh, the home where Sorrenti lives with her fiance, and they detained her. Um, they searched the home, they seized her electronic devices, um, the electronic devices of her fiance, um, and eventually released her without charge and later determined that she had, in fact, been the victim of swatting. Okay, so let's let's talk about what swatting is. If 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 you don't know what it is, just explain it for us. What is swatting? So swatting is when a false report is made to police involving an imminent threat of violence in an attempt to get London police or to get police to send their tactical team to a house. That's called swatting. That's an American term for tactical officers. A SWAT team here in London. It's the emergency response unit. Um, they're essentially tactical officers, and they are especially trained to handle high-profile takedowns where there's an element of danger. So in Clara's case, um, the email sent in her name said she had killed her mother and she was going to shoot people at City Hall. So a firearm was allegedly involved and an act of violence had um, allegedly already been committed. So therefore, police dispatched the emergency response unit because that's the exact type of call these guys are trained to handle. Um, so swatting became um, a harassment technique used on Twitch by video gamers a couple of years back. Um, these video gamers often get in big arguments with each other and they'd escalate. And so they started uh, making these false police reports in an effort to get their rivals swatted. And ideally it would happen on camera. So you'd have people playing video games and then the police would knock at their door and arrest them. And then it'd be captured on Twitch. That was the goal. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sorrenti's uh, raid wasn't captured on camera. It happened in the morning while she was sleeping. But um, yeah, that's about what we know about it so far. Yeah, she and she woke up with a, with a gun in her face, right? So She woke up to a knock from police who uh, okay. some of them had guns out. Okay. Okay. And but this is not the first time that she's been kind of inadvertently involved in a case of swatting, right? There was one in Toronto too. 
Yeah, uh, a couple days before um, the London raid, uh, Toronto police showed up at the home owned by a man named John Sorrenti. It was in Christie Pitt's neighborhood in Toronto, and they showed up there. We don't know the exact details. Uh, uh, John Sorrenti spoke to me briefly. He's an elderly man, and he didn't really want to publicize the incident. But he said, yes, police showed up at his home. And Sorrenti, Clara Sorrenti, told me she had talked to John Sorrenti and said that uh, police showed up at his home too. Toronto police wouldn't um, confirm anything beyond saying they're investigating it. Mm -hmm. But essentially, uh, John Sorrenti's uh, Christy Pitt's address was posted on kiwifarms.net. That is the website where Clara Sorrenti's London address was also posted and that she blames for her swatting. So essentially, she was doxxed on Kiwi Farms, as was John Sorrenti, mistakenly believed to be Clara Sorrenti at the time. because. Right. His address is listed under C. Sorrenti and Canada 411. Maybe that's his wife's first initial. I'm not sure. So it seems as he was inadvertently swatted, though we don't know whether tactical officers showed up as regular police officers or what. Mm. And so you mentioned doxing. Can you explain what that is? Yeah, doxing um, precedes swatting, essentially. Doxing is when someone's personal information is uh, posted online in uh, effort to get people to harass them by various means. So Clara uh, Sorrenti was first doxxed, I believe it would have been in late March on um, Kiwi Farms. It's this uh, form, kind of like Reddit, um, but very toxic. And a group of people who are opposed to her for various reasons um, started trying to dig up her personal information. And they posted names of her relatives, they found an obituary for her deceased father and posted it. Eventually, they posted her London address, her email account. And so that's called doxing, releasing that information. Then ultimately, that information was used to swat her. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it prompted Clara to push back against Kiwi Farms. And she launched this campaign uh, to deplatform the website. And the way she did it was by... Um, pressuring service providers to the website to drop it as a customer. And the biggest service provider was Cloudflare. It is a company that provides uh, uh, web security to prevent against uh, attacks, um, which is common for websites. And they said, no, we're not gonna drop Kiwi Farms. Um, that goes against our principles. We might not necessarily agree with what's published on a website, but we provide our services to all websites. Um, two days later, they relented. They dropped Kiwi Farms as a customer, um, and that was kind of a death knell for Kiwi. A death knell for Kiwi Farms. They popped up twice since then um, under uh, Chinese and Russian domain names, mm -hmm. but uh, they were quickly offline. And I'm told that's because they haven't been able to find a um, reputable security provider to provide security for the website, and they're prone to attacks by hackers and just who will be able to take them offline. So mm -hmm. the founder of Kiwi Farms, Joshua Moon, acknowledged in a Telegram post that this may be the end of Kiwi Farms. So a big victory for uh, Clara Sorrenti there because that was her goal. And Kiwi Farms has been linked to um, the harassment of many people, particularly transgender activists. 
Okay. Well, I was going to say, why would anyone want to do this uh, to her? You mentioned she's she's made some enemies online, um, maybe people who don't particularly agree with her advocacy. Um, but why why would she be targeted like this? And multiple times, like somebody really wanted to get at her. Mm-hmm. I think it's twofold. I think first she drew a target on herself by uh, being so outspoken about these divisive issues, uh, especially in the United States. There are a lot of issues are American that she's talking about. And as we all know, um, American politics are really polarized right now. Um, so she's talking about these divisive issues and she doesn't back down. People will harass her online. She'll push back. She'll repost what she's been sent with her take on it. So she hasn't showed any signs of backing down. Like even after being swatted and then doxxed, she was staying in a London hotel room. That address was leaked. Um, her safety was an issue. She didn't back down. She just kind of doubled down and used her online influence to try and deplatform Kiwi Farms, which she ultimately did. And that um, has also put a target even more so on her back because now these people on Kiwi Farms who spent their days uh, commenting on the Clara Sorrenti thread, which had generated tens of thousands of comments, talking thousands of comments daily about her. Now they don't have anywhere to go. So... A lot of them are harassing her just through direct messages on Twitter, um, emails. They go on to her Twitch streams to harass her. So I was speaking to her yesterday. She's in um, Belfast, Northern Ireland. And you can really tell the toll it's taken on her. She's a strong young woman, but um, just to be the subject of harassment, a coordinated campaign of harassment for that long, it does start to wear on you. And so um, she's been doing a ton of media interviews. Um BBC, Vice, CNN. Um, she's just giving her all to get her story out there, even though it, the more she tells her story, it kind of puts her at risk. So it, it's a really interesting case. And yeah, but yeah, it's I'm so sure hard. Yeah, it's difficult for police to investigate these issues because there, you know, there's international borders and they, they could the threats could be coming from anywhere. Um, and I did want to get a little bit more into the, the emotional toll that it's been taking on her. But I also wanted to address the swatting issue in London um, and just cover that a little bit and tell us what happened at the beginning of August, because she was arrested and detained for a while after the tactical unit arrived at her home. Yeah, so um, police showed up and they had a warrant to search your home and the warrant indicated that they're looking for firearms, um, ammunition, and uh, electronic devices. Um, so they seized those items, not the firearms or the ammunition because they didn't find them. But um, they had a legitimate warrant to be there and they carried out their search warrant and seized items. And while she was at the police station, uh, Claire Sorrenti said she was mistreated um, she said police referred to her by her so-called dead name. That's her previous name that she changed over a decade ago. Um, she said when her property was returned in evidence bags, it also had her dead name written on it. Um, and so she said that was really uh, humiliating to go through that experience. Um, London's police chief, Steve Williams, released a very detailed statement explaining the events that led up to uh, Clara's arrest and essentially... He said that these threatening emails were sent and the London police received multiple 911 calls asking when police were going to show up at City Hall. And he said they had to act. He justified the use of the emergency response unit, citing the imminent threat, uh, public safety. And he said he reviewed the audio 
and video from the police station and said none of his officers referred to her by her dead name at the police station, though he couldn't confirm that that didn't happen at her house or while she was being transported to the police station. London mm-hmm. police don't have body cams, so not everything they do is documented. But he, he checked out the police station um, video and audio and said it didn't happen there. And he explained that... Um, the use of her den name on the property bags is related to the police uh, data system in which they en- enter any instances and occurrences with police. Um, and he personally called uh, her to apologize. So it was um, really unprecedented that he released that much information about an active investigation. Um, really showed that uh, London police wanted to get their side of the story out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chief C. Williams also assigned uh, criminal investigators to look into the swatting incident. He said it could be a lengthy and complex investigation. Uh, Clara Sorrenti told me that the email was sent from a Proton email account, and that is a Swiss email provider that provides um, end-to-end encrypted emails. So that's the most secure email you can use when it's end-to-end encryption. Um so it would be very difficult to determine who sent that email. I spoke with one tech expert who said it won't be impossible, but it will be very difficult uh, when people use encrypted emails. I mean, they're using it because they want their identity to be hidden and they don't want police to be able to access, access that email. Um, I reached out to Proton. They wouldn't say whether police have contacted them. They said they don't comment on that. Um, And police said that investigation will be complex and could involve multiple jurisdictions because there's a good chance whoever sent the email wasn't in London. They could have been in another country. In all likelihood, they were in another country, as many of the um, trolls who target Clara Sorrenti are outside Mm -hmm. Canada. Right. Which is why we think that um, they also made the mistake. Um, of uh, sending police to her Toronto home. They really didn't understand the geography of Southern Ontario. They didn't understand she's in London, not Toronto, right? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, so so expand a little bit more then on the, the emotional toll this takes because you know she's arrested, she's detained, she has no criminal history uh, that, that we know of. Is that correct? Um, yes, as far as we know, she has never had uh, an encounter with police and she said it was really traumatic. Um, like I said before, she's really a strong woman, but um, you just tell by her voice and speaking to her that it's taking a toll on her. Um, for her, um, the use of her dead name was the most traumatic uh, part of the experience, right? Um, obviously, I can't relate to that, but that's a name she's left in the past that she does not want to be referred to uh, over a decade ago. So to have police use that in some way, shape, or form um, was really traumatic to her, she said. And also just to be treated like a criminal is what really affected her. Uh, She said she tried to tell police that this wasn't her. She pointed out in the email they showed her that her name was misspelled. Um, There are grammatical errors apparently in it. And she said just she felt like uh, the investigators weren't really listening to her um, initially, that is. And um, the other issue that has been really hard on Clara has been uh, the fear for her safety, right? Um, to be doxxed, to be swatted, uh, really takes away your peace of mind, she said. She didn't want to stay at her house or her home that was swatted, uh, where she lived with her fiancé and uh, their cat. So she went to an on the London hotel room, 
Um, and she wanted to get working again, uh, back on Twitch, back on social media, because that's how she uh, earns her income and that's her passion. That's how she uh, does her activism work. And so she did that. Um, and the trolls tracked down her hotel room using matching the bedspread, searching all the London hotel rooms. They matched the bedspread at that hotel to an online listing, posted the um, address, and then pizza starts showing up, Clara said, early in the morning. She gets a, a notification saying, pizza, your pizzas are going to be delivered. Then she said, multiple pizzas from companies start showing up. Um, her Uber account was hacked and food was sent to her um, through her Uber Eats account. Um, so she was just fearing for her safety and she left Canada. She went to Northern Ireland. She has a friend and fellow activist there. And she went to go stay with them there. And a couple of days into her stay in Europe, someone showed up outside her friend's apartment um, and showed a piece of paper with the word Kiwi Farms and some other words on to show that they know where she is. So it's like, even when she goes halfway across the world, she felt like she can't escape. Um, since wow. Kiwi Farms has been taken offline, she says she does feel a little bit safer and she plans to return to Canada in October. Um, but yeah, Shed the Ordeal has really taken a toll on her. It's it's so unnerving. And, and of course, when you're fearing for your safely, safety, Holy cow. I'm glad to hear that she will return eventually. Um, but that's that's incredibly scary. And as, especially the issue um, in being arrested with London police. They now have a new policy. This is uh, as of us recording this. It's a draft policy um, to deal with any suspects that might be transgendered and and how to respect their human rights, essentially. Right. Yes. Uh, the draft policy was published yesterday and it will be presented to the police service board at tomorrow's meeting for approval, which in all likelihood it will be approved. And yeah, it's, it's essentially the policy just uh, outlines how London police officers will treat transgender suspects during their detainment and searching them um, because they didn't have a policy prior to this. And so um, a policy just a way to ensure that every case is handled in the same way. And uh, the London Police Board did a survey of the 12 largest police services in Ontario to see how many other uh, police services had policies for the search and detainment of transgender people. And they found out only one police force, uh, Toronto Police, uh, had such a policy. So London could be the second city in Ontario to approve a policy if it goes through. Uh, police board tomorrow. And um, that'll be pretty interesting. It's surprising to me that only one other jurisdiction even has a policy concerning this. Um, do you think that London's policy, assuming it it does go through, would maybe encourage other jurisdictions to to create a similar policy? Well, I looked at the Toronto policy and it was almost word for word the same as London's policy, right? It's pretty basic. Um, and so I'm sure this will have a domino effect of sorts. Um, where other forces will start to adopt policies as well. Um, that's usually how these things work. It doesn't take a lot of work to craft on these policies. It's like less than 250 words. Um, so it's not like it takes a lot of legwork and research to do these things. It's just basic things and ways to treat transgender suspects in custody to ensure that their human rights are respected. Um, I talked to Clara about the policy and she said okay good work for london police uh for 
drafting this policy, but it really doesn't address any of my major criticisms of the way police handled the situation, which is why they showed up at her house in such full force. Um, she said London police should have done some basic due diligence um, before showing up at her house with the emergency response unit. That's her main criticism. She said she's a public figure. Um, she said Toronto police had been called to the home of a man with the same name just days earlier. Um, she has no violent history. Um, her mother was very much alive. She was not killed, as the email stated. Um, so, yeah, so there was, those are some of her criticisms. She wants to see London police take steps to ensure that other people aren't swatted in the future. So I'm not sure mm -hmm. what that would look like or how London police would um, do that. But that's something that Claire Sorrenti wants to see and is pushing police to do. Well, we'll see where this this policy goes if if it uh, if it gets passed. I'm I'm assuming it will, as you said. Um, and then we'll be following this story certainly as Clara moves home here to London as well. Thank you so much, Dale, for joining us today, and uh, we'll be following your stories as you write them for sure. Yeah, like I said earlier, Rachel, I'm sure there'll be uh, lots more reporting coming from this story. Um, every time I write a story, it's interesting. I get uh, a lot of emails. Um, very insulting emails, just insulting me as a journalist and saying, why am I covering this or making some um, baseless accusations against Clara? But I'm the police reporter here for the Free Press. My job is to report on police operations, police policy. This is relevant stuff. I'm not necessarily weighing into the debate um, around the transgender community, which I know is a fierce debate. And uh, I stay in my lane. That's policing. This is a police operations story. This is a police policy story. That's why I'm reporting on it. That's what a police reporter has to do, right? So I don't respond to any of these emails because, frankly, the people who send them um, aren't looking to hear why I do my job, right? They're looking to attack the press, and it's part of their attempt to silence critics, right? These are likely the same people who, har who harass Clara. Mm -hmm. um, I know... My correspondence with the owner of Kiwi Farms was posted on that website in an effort to get people to email me and start pressuring me. So just want to clarify that this is why I cover this story and this is why I'm going to continue to cover it. Um, and if people don't like me covering the story, they don't have to read it, but there is um, genuine interest in this story. Absolutely. Yeah, especially, you know, when there's new policies being put in place and questions about why policies like this perhaps weren't available until now. Why haven't haven't uh, policies been created until now? Um, and it's certainly um, something that does affect a lot of people. And this is your beat. You, you know, you got to report on this whether you like it or not, right? This is the kinds of things you have to cover. Absolutely. Thankfully, I like reporting on this type of thing. Anything police-related, related to operations policy, that's right up my alley. And um this story has just given uh, me so many opportunities to explore a lot of different areas of policing, and I think it's going to keep going. Um, so, yeah, it's been a really interesting story. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Yeah, and we'll be following your reporting. Thank you so much, Dale. Thanks, Rachel.